Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. medium probably more medium thoughts than anything. okay <laughs> um welcome regular drews hi everyone um, welcome to episode number 42 42 yeah 42 42 um we're gonna be discussing another nancy drew diary strangers on a train mm-hmm. i guess we should preface it with this is a little bit of a continuation from our right. last episode the the story just kind of continues from the last book. So if you haven't listened to um, Curse of the Arctic Star yet, you might want to do that first. But otherwise, yeah, a yeah. lot of the plot probably will not make sense if you don't if you don't know what happens in the first one. They do yeah. try <laughs> to kind of preface it a little bit, um, but I don't know that they they did such a super great job. Like it's very much definitely uh, some of the stuff you kind of just have to know. I wouldn't have wanted to read this first without reading Definitely. the other one before it, you know. Definitely. I will say, um, I have a big issue with this book. Um, yeah. And you can probably guess what it is, Corey, what I'm going to say. Is it the title? Yes! Uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen on a train. And what? who are the strangers that we There's didn't no... already meet in the previous book? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> So they're on a train for approximately 0.25 seconds, um, like a single chapter out of this whole book. Maybe, if that. I don't even know if they are for a whole chapter. Um, and there are no strangers on that train. Right. There's no, there's nothing. What is that? Why is that the title of the book? <laughs> they make it seem like it's, or I assumed it was going to be like one of those where you go and you stay in like a sleeping yes. car and then Nancy's on this train for like a week or whatever. It, they're on it for like an hour just to do like a scenic mm-hmm. little trip through the mountains. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they get back on the cruise ship. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste of a, of a train title mystery. Like now you can't have, or at least not soon, you can't have another train mystery for like a right. good chunk of time because you just had Strangers on a Train. But it's not Strangers on a Train, so you wasted it. You wasted the title. You wasted right. the premise. You wasted it. Yeah. I mean... What a shame. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're already... Oh, they're on the train. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, was, oh. that was it. They're off Is there the train. another train? I was like, are they going to get on a different train? But that's that's the whole train. That's it. Just that yep. one. Mm-hmm. There's so... no stranger. She knows everybody on the train. There's no strangers on the train either. <laughs> There's not a single stranger on the train. I mean, I guess everyone is kind of, before this trip, everyone was strangers to each other. So even though Nancy has met a lot of people, maybe they don't know each other. That's a stretch. Uh, I mean, well, okay, maybe... It's the fact that the perpetrator is, oh. like, misrepresenting themselves. Sure. Yeah. I mean. But mm. but that just still feels like. Because there's But there's. Because even then, they're still not really a stranger. Like, right. when you think about. We'll have yeah. to talk about that. But. Uh, I'm so upset. 
But at least they wrap up everything nice and neat for us from the last story. So we get our we get our conclusion that we deserved. I will say too, I read this, I finished reading this last week, and since then I have been through a time zone. So and back Oh no. (laughs) So it may be a bit of a a struggle for me to remember all of That's okay. (laughs) The plot. But that's why I have notes, so fingers crossed don't get anything confused this time um yeah overall Corey, how did you feel about the plot of this book i mean yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't as great as the last one i will say yeah yeah i felt a little bit bored not bored but like pick it up you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. what what is this how is this relevant and I, this doesn't seem like i would like to to get to the core of the mystery you know what i mean and so it kind of feels to me as though like they could have wrapped this up in one book and that would have been a little better yeah it yeah. felt like they really stretched it there was a point well if in the last book we thought we knew who it was there were several points in this where i'm like yeah. Nancy, come on you're right. just wasting time at this point like you know mm-hmm. who it is you can tell mm-hmm. already and then she's like let's go talk to these people let's get her story no yeah. go get the culprit and it's just it's kind of like well what's the point of that like why did you stretch it out then if like really what you should have done is you know done it in the first one yeah, you know? I think probably just a marketing thing with the first two being released sure, together. They sure. wanted to make more sales, I guess. Yeah, I'm able to sell it for more. Yeah, I suppose. Oh well, it was still <laughs> it was still interesting, but yeah, just yeah. just not as I wasn't as riveted with this yeah. one as I was with the first one. So. No big complaints. It's just not as good. But how sad is it that one of our three words isn't even going to be train? (laughs) (laughs) It has so little to do with it. (laughs) So sad. It's really such a letdown, too, especially for those of us who are Agatha Christie lovers. To have a title like Strangers on a Train in a Nancy Drew mystery story, and then it's just like not. It's not. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. I want Nancy Drew to be her cool Perot, and I want to see her her cool Perot moments. <laughs> but that can't happen if Nancy's not on a train. Nope. <laughs> Get it? But yikes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So three words. Three words. Moose. I mean, they could be exactly the same as the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's still. I mean, I guess they spend less time on the cruise. They spend more time on excursions in this one than they do on the actual yeah. cruise ship, which I think that's true. They did more in the first one, so maybe like cruise excursions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unnecessary um, questioning. <laughs> unnecessary questioning. Um. I feel like a lot of plot points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, I want to say like extraneous plot, but it was a lot of look over here, do yeah, this, look here over here. Go. A lot this of those. Is, yeah. Yeah, but 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 maybe that that can be that can be wrapped up with the excursions bit because really that's what that is. It's like okay, True. now they go over here and now they go over there. So so cruise excursions. Um, unnecessary questioning, side characters, <laughs> and, uh, you know what? Yeah, I will say, like, wildlife, animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about animals. That's, that's true. Like, yeah. All the animals they're seeing, experiencing. 
that was the vibe I got. Like, if you were to ask me what I remember of this book, it would be moose and baby foxes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those are not exciting three words. (laughs) Not super exciting, no. It's really not that bad. It's really not that bad. No, it's not. It's a pretty decent Nancy Drew book, but... Yeah. It'd be hard to top the last one, so maybe that's just yeah. what it is. Of oh, it wasn't yeah. as good as that. But would it be? You know. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's okay. That's okay. Wow. Um, as I told you, I've already started reading the next one, and it is—it's pretty riveting so far. I feel like it's—I oh, mean, excited. I'm only three chapters in, but it—it it feels like it's—it's it's got good momentum so far. Good. Very so. excited. Yes, let's stay excited for the diaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do overall. I do think they are very good. I think they yeah. are very good. This one just wasn't my favorite, but they can't all be my favorite. So, you know. Um. Okay. Do we want to go ahead and jump in? Yeah. Okay. So, um. So the book starts, and Nancy is talking to Becca again on the cruise ship, the Arctic Star, um, and they're on their way to Skagway, another town in Alaska, um, and they're kind of basically just summarizing the events of the last book here up at the beginning. So, if you remember this, if you don't remember this, maybe go back and listen to our previous episode. But earlier, Nancy had just caught these three characters: uh, Vince, Lacey, Vince, Lance. Wait, that's not that's Vince. Lacey. I wrote Lance. <laughs> Don't tell him. <laughs> Don't tell him. Um, I was like, that's not, that's not right. I know her name was Lacey. All right. <laughs> so earlier, they got Vince, Lacey, and Iris sabotaging this cruise ship, the Arctic Star, um, for a competing cruise line. And basically, we go over all the loose ends that were left at the previous at the end of the previous book. So things that Vince and Lacey do not admit to knowing about, such as the moose head that fell on Nancy. Um, and slightly injured her, a threatening note left in Nancy's suitcase, an angry argument overheard in a staff hallway um, where someone said, drop it, John, or I'll make sure you'll never make it to Anchorage. Um, Nancy being pushed, potentially, over the railing into the water in Ketchikan, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and the jewelry store robbery that happened after Vince and Lacey were taken into custody. So Becca tells us that the police actually caught the person who was responsible for that jewelry theft. Um, apparently he was a known criminal named Troy Anderson and they caught him trying to fence the jewelry in Juneau, but he wasn't a passenger. So how did he get on board to get the jewelry? You know, maybe does he have an accomplice on board mm-hmm. is what we're thinking. Um, and as soon as Nancy and Becca are kind of talking about this, Nancy's telling Becca that she'll go ahead and try to, you know, figure out what all is going on. Alan bursts in. <laughs> um, and Alan is Bess's boyfriend, a current boyfriend, um, who has accompanied them on this trip um, under, but, but we're not telling him the real reason why we're here. He believes that we're here because we won a, a competition uh, and are getting this crew free of charge and he's tagging along um because he is a he's studying uh what is he studying environmental studies right yes um and he has like this major project or something that he's working on so he thought that this trip to alaska would be great for him to be able to i guess do some research or learn something about the alaskan wildlife while he's here 
So he bursts in and Nancy's kind of like, oh, did he overhear what Becca and I were talking about just now? Um, We're slightly concerned about that, but he calls us to go back up on deck. So that's where we go. Um, Because we're all in the process of getting off the boat to go ahead and go into Skagway. And apparently Alan has again (laughs) signed us up for a bunch of activities because Alan's been doing that. Um, And that's very annoying because Nancy just wants to investigate. Um, So, but he's done that. So we're on the hunt for Scott, who is the activities coordinator. So we can figure out what the deal is with all those activities. Um, And as we're kind of like going down on the dock, um, we see a busboy like run out down the gangplank and he like gives somebody something that they left in the dining room in line. And then he goes back to go on the ship. And as he, he does, I guess his boss runs out and like loudly fires him. Um, he, uh, yeah, yes. And so the boy asks his boss and he's like, what, you know, like, what, what did I do? What's wrong or whatever? And the boss just says, you know what you did and you thought we'd never find out. Mm. So very weird, (laughs) very weird, very harsh and especially weird for him to fire him loudly yelling in front of all these passengers. Mm -hmm. Um, and at this Hawaiian shirt guy comes over. <laughs> Fred. I don't know if we know his name is Fred yet. His name's Fred. Hawaiian shirt guy. Um, and he he was always weird. In the previous book, he was always like weirdly hanging around the staff areas and talking to employees. Um, so he comes over and he basically intervenes uh, for this busboy. And he really encourages the busboy who we learn uh, their name is Sanchez to stick up for himself. If something is going on. Um, and like, you know, use your voice and and stand up if something wrong is happening here. And then we kind of hear him say he doesn't know anything about these illegal drugs and whoever said they found them in my locker is lying. (laughs) Okay. So now we understand that the reason why he's being fired is that someone found drugs in his locker. He claims to know nothing about Corey. Did did we not talk about this in the last episode? No. Drugs I know. in a Nancy Drew book. I know. That's pretty serious. That's, I was, I, my jaw was on the floor when I was like, drugs? I They're know. Bringing, I cannot believe. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. so happy about it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not happy that there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am I'm glad they're adding a level of realism to sure. the book. But um I was just shocked that they would they would put something so contentious in a Nancy Drew book. Yeah. Know, something illegal like that. That was pretty, um, pretty surprising. Pretty surprising. <laughs> um but yeah, no, what we were saying it looked like a drug scene, but we we're sure in the previous book, we're sure it couldn't be because they would never put that in an ancient right. book. We were trying to think, well, maybe what they could be like smuggling something, smuggling some kind of goods. Is it? <laughs> no, it could it have been drugs. drugs. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Anyway, that's amazing. Um, so at this point, um, the captain kind of notices what's going on and asks them to like, okay, let's take this argument up to my office let's not argue in front of our passengers right um and hawaiian shirt guy tries to follow them um but is cut off by a group of passengers so nancy goes over to hawaiian shirt guy and tries to like 
talk to him a little bit and see what he knows about what's going on. Oh, yes. And so he does introduce himself as Fred Smith. So now we know his name, <laughs> Fred Smith. <laughs> um, we don't have to just call him Hawaiian shirt guy, although I probably will continue to do that. Um, That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he doesn't really tell us anything about um, the encounter and instead, like, you know, pulls out his cell phone, calls somebody and then like disappears into the crowd. So we can't question him anymore. Um. So an interesting, an interesting start to the book. Definitely yes. some drama with the employees going on. Um, then later we are out, I guess, in the town of Skagway, taking some pictures in a park. Um, Bess gets Alan to go check the time for their scenic train ride excursion um, so that they can all talk about the mystery. Um, because she can tell that Nancy has been distracted like all morning because of this incident that happened, uh, with Sanchez, the, the bus boy this morning. Mm -hmm. So they start to talk about that. Um, and really though, they kind of just end up bickering, which was such a funny part of the book, by the way. Um, because Nancy is just like, yeah, I know I'm just tired because I was woken up at 5am by the butler. They, they also, they have a butler. Um, (laughs) It's part of like their cabin on this cruise. Um, she tells us she swears she told the butler to wake her up at 730. Um, but he woke her up at five saying that that's the time that she had asked him to, which it wasn't. Um, and then she couldn't fall back asleep because Alan was snoring so loudly. <laughs> um, and then she's also grumpy because George knocked her bagel out of her hand the other day um and george is like no i didn't do it on purpose alan bumped me in the arm and so i accidentally knocked it you know out of your out of your hand it's just so funny i know it's so funny like just like vacation bickering like well you didn't have to you know bump my breakfast on the ground george (laughs) (laughs) um Anyway, so it's time to go for their train ride. (sighs) Yeah. The train ride that lasts like a chapter. Um, So we get on board and Nancy um, kind of notes who all is there. Basically, everybody from the ship is there, but that includes Wendy, the blogger specifically, and Hero, who is the youth activities coordinator. Um, This train ride is like beautiful and scenic. And at some point, Nancy decides to go ahead and get some air. They have this open air cabin on this Mm. train, which is so dope. Uh, That sounds so amazing. Um, So she decides to go onto like that. um, I guess it's a cabin. I don't know what else you would call it on a a car, an open air car on a train. Um, And nobody's there. So she's just standing there kind of looking out over the railing. She knows that there is like this sharp drop like that they're going, um, that they're riding next to you right now. Um, and then Scott, the excursions coordinator comes into the cabin. We're kind of already suspicious of Scott because of some previous stuff in the earlier books or in the, the earlier drug book. smuggling. <laughs> yes. Because of the, the drug smuggling that he was doing. Well, we don't, I guess we don't. He actually said it was a poker point. bet. Sure. Yes, right. So, but Nancy kind of made a note of that and that she doesn't really know that much about Scott. So she's already kind of suspicious of him. And now he comes out um, into this um, open air car and he's on the phone with somebody and he's saying to the person on the line, you'd better figure out a way to fix things before I get to Anchorage, because if you don't, I'm going to. And then he stops because he sees Nancy. Um, 
and he gets incredibly angry like right away um he like steps towards her and like threateningly and like says what are you doing here um and it's kind of like this dramatic thing and then Nancy like clutches the railing and you know thinks that there's this big drop behind her so if he gets too angry and pushes her over the side that's it for her you know <laughs> um it's just very dramatic but luckily Bess, George, and Alan all come out onto the deck just then as well, looking for Nancy. And then Scott, like, really immediately kind of does, like, an about face and changes his demeanor and, like, apologizes for startling Nancy and then just kind of, like, excuses himself and walks away. And then after this encounter, of course, Nancy is like, okay, what the heck was that about? What is going on with Scott? Um, So she kind of makes a mental note to kind of look into him a little bit more when she can. Um, so later Nancy's talking to George and they run into Hero, um, who mentions to them that he used to work for the Jubilee line as an assistant cruise director, but when he saw the youth coordinator position open for Superstar, he jumped at the chance because he apparently loves working with kids. Um, but Nancy kind of realizes like, hmm, okay, does that mean that he like took a demotion to be here? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because that's a bit of a step down, uh, career wise. Um, and then is Becca his boss? So maybe does he have a potential motive here as like being jealous that Becca has this higher position here at Superstar Cruises and he doesn't? Um, so Nancy decides to kind of like text Becca about him while she's on the train. Um, later, um, they get off the train um, and they're doing like this gold panning excursion thing. But then Nancy sees Fred slash Hawaiian shirt guy headed in a different direction and acting a little suspect. So she decides to follow mm -hmm. him. Um, and after following him through the streets, um, having to do an excellent job of tailing him, by the way, because he keeps like stopping randomly and looking around. Which I found very interesting, and I would like to talk yeah. about later. Um, she eventually finds him at the back of a souvenir shop talking to Sanchez, the fire to bus, bus boy. Um, which is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so Nancy is trying to sneakily inch forward so that she can hear exactly what is going on with this conversation, but she does not really get the chance to eavesdrop at all because Wendy, our friendly blogger, loudly greets Nancy and like almost blows her cover. Um, and when she looks back, Fred and Sanchez are already gone. Um, Nancy talks to Wendy for a little bit and she learns that her blog is actually not doing as well as she'd originally thought, even despite the like, um, you know, how much engagement her last post about the, the like fake body in the pool on the cruise ship got. It's really not doing so great these days. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's a possible motive that she is trying to drive more engagement. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll see more there later. Um, Nancy does excuse herself eventually, um, and now that she's free, she decides to go back to the ship and talk to Becca. Um, she finds Becca and she asks about Sanchez's firing. Um, is this where they're in, like the um, like the mm -hmm. snack, the snack, the snack bar? Yeah, yeah. So they they're alone in this snack bar place, and they like there's a guy working at the counter, and they get him to like, oh, can you go take some water to this guy on the <laughs> other side of the ship? And so he goes. Um, so she asks him about Sanchez's firing, and Becca says that uh, Sanchez's boss, Chuck, who was the man that was yelling at him, um, got, an uh, got an anonymous email sent from the ship's internet cafe telling him to check Sanchez's locker, and when he did, that's when he found the, the drugs. 
She also asked Becca about Scott, um, and just as she said before, she doesn't really think anything suspicious about him. She just knows that he used to work at Happy Seas Cruises and that his old po- his old boss put in a good word for him with Captain Peterson. Um, she does. Or Becca brings up Tatiana, though. Apparently, she's been acting weird, uh, not answering her calls, not being where she says she's going to be, or um, not texting back as quickly as usable as quickly as usual. Um, but just when they are discussing this, Hero runs up and he's like all out of breath, like he has just been running there. Um, and Becca just kind of like, "What are you doing here?" asks really sharply, and he says, "Oh, I'm just." Um, you know, we finished up already at the gold painting place because I guess he was supposed to be out with the kids showing them around. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, we we just finished. So I'm just, you know, bringing everyone back here. Um, and this makes Becca, like, snap her laptop shut and, like, run out of the room really quickly. So it's just mm-hmm. him and Nancy there. Um, and Nancy's like, oh, so, I mean, were you looking for that guy that was working here? Because he went yeah. to go take some water down down the hall or whatever. Um, and here is just like, oh, no, 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 I just... Um, bye and then yeah. he runs out of the room as well <laughs> so Goodness. very very strange little interaction there on all sides uh but then george calls uh she calls nancy and tells her that she needs to come rejoin their group before alan starts get starts to get suspicious about how long she's been gone um but then they decide to go back to their cabin to change her dinner and nancy finds that all of her clean clothes are missing um in each of their bedrooms they have like their dressers but then they also have a laundry hamper and nancy had asked max to send out the laundry hamper to get cleaned um but that's the only thing that's left like all of the dirty clothes are still in the hamper but everything in her dresser is just gone um and she asks their butler about it whose whose name is max and he says that oh nancy no i got your note to clean all your your stuff in the drawers that you'd left all the the dirty stuff in the drawers and then all your clean clothes were in the laundry basket (laughs) um and nancy's like why would anyone do that that makes no (laughs) sense (laughs) um obviously nancy is not the one not the one who wrote this note. Um, and Max is like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I can't believe I made this mistake. I thought I, you know, I thought I understood what you were trying to say. Obviously, like, he's just very apologetic. He's just kind of being overly um, apologetic, I guess, for um, yeah. for, for this happening. Um, to the point where Nancy's like, you know, he genuinely seems bad about this. I don't think that he is one to be suspected. Um but, you know, maybe. We'll see. Um, but then mm-hmm. Bess ends up letting her just borrow some of her clothes and they go to dinner. Uh, the next day, while everyone is on the deck enjoying the scenery of a glacier that they're passing, um, Bess talks Alan into taking Tobias, who the the little boy who we met in the last book, who's kind of been um, very bored and causing a lot of drama because he's bored. So to kind <laughs> of get both of them out of the way, Bess is like, hey, Alan, why don't you take Tobias to go see the rock climbing wall? And Alan's like, oh, do I have to? Okay, fine. I wanted to do it anyway. I might as well ask this kid if he wants to join me. Um, so he does they go and now the three girls can discuss the case so Nancy starts saying about how they have a whole bunch of suspects but no evidence for anything and she thinks that they're no closer to finding the thief's accomplice and then behind them they hear thief's accomplice what are you talking about and it's Alan (laughs) no oh my god Uh, all that work I know down the toilet (laughs) So, yes. So they have to come clean now because obviously there's no way for them to explain this to him. Um, 
he's all excited about it though and nancy's worried that he's so excited that he's gonna do something to blow their cover he's like okay all right when and where do we do the sneaking tell me how to be sneaky should i follow those people (laughs) and nancy's like no don't do anything don't try to help just be quiet (laughs) yeah um, later, they go to a performance for Merc the Jerk, who is the comedian that's performing on this cruise. Um, prior to the show, the captain comes on stage and announces the plans for their next leg of their journey. Uh, basically, as soon as they dock, they um, some of the passengers are going to start the land portion of their tour, and some of the staff is going to go with them, but other members of the staff are going to stay behind on board. Nancy is concerned that she's not going to have access to investigate the staff that's going to be on board, but ultimately she decides that, yes, she is going to go on land after all, because most of the people that they're interested in looking into more are going ashore. Um, So the comedian starts his performance, but Nancy gets a little bit bored and decides to (laughs) excuse herself so that she can go text Becca a little bit more. Um, But out in the hall, she overhears there's like a conference type room down the hall and she overhears a conversation going down, going on down there. Um, So she goes and she kind of peeks her head in and she sees a bunch of the staff kind of circled around this table. And Fred, the Hawaiian shirt guy, is standing at the head of the table. Um, okay. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and he spots her and is like, why do you keep turning, turning up everywhere I look? If you're spying on me, you'll be sorry. Ooh, yikes. Uh, scary. Yeah. He goes on to say that he knows Nancy has been working for Superstar Cruises to spy on its employees in an effort to get them to stop from unionizing. And Nancy's like, wait, did you just say unionizing? What are you talking about? And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, you know that I'm here to try to get the staff to unionize and Superstar is trying to shut us down. Um, and But like nobody here has agreed to anything. So there's nothing you can do. Technically, nobody has done anything wrong yet. Um, and Nancy's like, wait, no, no, no. I like I'm not here for that. I do not care if y'all unionize. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to rat y'all out. Don't worry about it. Um, and Fred pulls her aside, like, away from the group to talk to her about this. And um, she asks him a little bit more about Sanchez. And he says he definitely doesn't believe that the drugs were his because he was, he believes he's a good kid, says he's always been a good worker. Not characteristic at all for him to have drugs on him at work. Um, Nancy is not entirely convinced, even though this he's got Fred's word, but uh, she thinks she might that he might still have had something to do with the rest of the strange things going on in the ship, even if even if Fred is right about him. Um, Nancy is at least pretty sure that she can cross Fred off her suspect list now because, I mean, that seems pretty obvious that it explains all the the suspicious stuff that he was doing before. Um, Yeah, but finally, we get to go on our train journey. So I guess this is technically like part two of the train journey, but it is still like one chapter. I'm confused why they went on a train and got off and now they're back on the train, but Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't get it either. But it is supposed to be an eight-hour train ride, and they are going to go to Denali National Park. Nancy decides that this is a good opportunity for her to try to question some more people since all of our suspects are here on the train except for Max, our butler, who is, of course, (laughs) staying back on the ship. So Nancy goes to talk to Wendy, the blogger, who is um, sitting in their train car, hoping to cross her off the suspect list a little bit more. Um, But we actually learn that she's even more desperate, um, like, for her 
her blog success and for uh, for money than we originally thought. We learned that her blog is really, really not doing very well at all. And this was the vacation that she thought was going to really turn things around for her and save the blog, I guess. But it hasn't done really anything for the popularity of the blog. And actually, she sold her car to be able to afford this cruise. All right, really... <laughs> Really up in the stakes here for Wendy. That's pretty, yeah. pretty suspicious. Um, but throughout the trip, Alan is still proving to be a nuisance, even more so now that he knows what's going on. He's just not talking about things in a quiet voice at all. He's just kind of announcing. So, Nancy, what do you think is the next clue that we're going to find? <laughs> like, aloud to everyone on the train car. Uh, so Nancy's because of that Nancy's not really able to do any more investigating at this point um, they go to dinner in uh, I guess the dining car of this train and then they come back Nancy sits down in her seat and uh, there's actually this weird thing where Bess and Alan were sitting together and then Nancy and George were and then we'll have to talk about this moment later because there's a food thing with George and not oh. Bess which was very refreshing but um, I cash that George yeah. ends up like swapping seats with Bess because she, she says Bess has the better snack. So you go sit next to Alan. And when she sits down, there are broken shards of glass all over her seat. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So it does actually end up, I think, cutting Nancy a little bit, or at least it's like on her pants or whatever. Like she fully sits on it and is like, ouch. And has to stand back up. Um, and of course, at this point, Wendy comes over because she wants to photograph this for the blog. Um, <laughs> Alan kind of looks at the glass a little bit and says it looks like it was from a broken glass from the dining car. Um, I'm not sure how he knows that, but mm. um, he, that's what he says it looks like, but okay. Um, and then Hero calls security over. Um, they eventually get it all cleaned up and then kind of through like a semi-secretive text conversation, Bess and George tell Nancy they're going to go investigate. And Nancy tries to like jump up to go join them. But Alan like wiggles his like finger at her and like all patronizingly tells her like, nah, it's time for you to relax and recover because um, of this glass thing. This was so gross, and I hated this mm -hmm. so much. Um, but yeah. so Nancy is, like, basically stuck here sitting next to Alan um, because he, <laughs> like, won't let her, like, leave and get up and do what she wants to do. But um, – I know. Um, but so they're just sitting there and observing the scenery, and then Tobias comes over to talk to his new best friend, Alan, after <laughs> the rock climbing thing. And Tobias mentions Alaskan bone smugglers that he learned about. Um, basically, they're poachers who smuggle like tusks and bones from rare Alaskan animals. And then Tobias kind of asks Alan, hey, you know, what, what animals are rare up here? Like what bones are they smuggling or whatever? Um, and Nancy's kind of surprised to hear that Alan doesn't know um, because he's supposed to be like an environmental studies major, right? So... Mm -hmm. And he's here to, like, do a project on them. So, like, why wouldn't he know that? But she's like, whatever. You know, maybe he just doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> right yeah. now with Tobias. Get into a conversation with kid about it. Whatever. Um, and then Bess and George uh, come back. Uh, George sits down next to Nancy and tells her that they ruled out Scott because apparently he was with people on the deck of the Arctic Star um, from the time that they arrived on the cruise ship to the time they found the note in Nancy's luggage. So he couldn't have been the one to put the note in Nancy's luggage. Therefore, he is not the accomplice of the thief. 
this seems like uh, shaky detective work to me. Um, maybe he asked somebody else to leave a note in the suitcase. Maybe the note from the suitcase was from somebody else and unrelated entirely. But okay, ladies, <laughs> we'll go. With, we'll go with that. Um, then eventually they make it to their hotel in Denali. Um, as usual, Alan has signed them all up for an activity without consulting them. Um, and this time it is horseback riding. So they're going to go ahead and check in and then uh, go on that horseback riding um, activity. But as soon as they go up to the front desk, they learn that the reservation for their room has been canceled. Hmm. They tell them, okay, well, apparently somebody called the day before to cancel it, but Nobody knows who it was. They didn't get their name or anything like that. Can I just say, how does that happen? And now, I don't know what the procedure is for canceling a hotel reservation, but it doesn't seem like you should just be able to call and be like, hey, that reservation for, you know, Nancy Drew, go ahead and just cancel that. Right. Don't they have to have like a credit card number or a confirmation number or something? To be uh, able maybe. to do that? You would think. But I, I don't know. Whatever. It, it just seems, again, seems a little sketchy. Um, Alan tries to convince Nancy to, or Nancy says she's going to stay to sort out the issue and investigate because she's trying to get away from Alan. But Alan does try to convince her to, like, come horseback riding instead. But Bess and George successfully, like, get him away so that Nancy can stay here <laughs> and investigate um, so Nancy decides to call Becca to see if she can get a description of the guy that they arrested for the jewelry theft, because she's now wondering with this stuff about Scott, if maybe he is one of the people that she saw already, like that Scott associated with in, um, catch can and like, Hey, if I can see what he looked like, then maybe I can pin this on somebody basically. Like maybe I can connect this to Scott somehow. Um, so uh, Becca says she'll ask the police what the guy looks like. Um, she does tell us that she had been asking around about uh, the fired busboy, John Sanchez, um, and does agree that it's weird um, that he got fired, that they found the drugs in his locker because no one imagined that he um, was mixed up in drugs. <sighs> okay, this whole drug thing is actually really bugging me. I know. <laughs> Like, at first, I was, like, very um, happy to hear that, like, they're putting, like, real-world stuff into this book. But the way they talk about the drug stuff really, really irritates me. And it's, like... It's a lot. It's a lot. So, we'll have to talk about that later, too. Um, But so, finally, they're able to kind of resolve their room situation. And, of course, the hotel gives them an upgrade for the mix-up. <laughs> Charm, charmed life of Nancy Drew. I know. <laughs> um, so Tatiana goes ahead and escorts Nancy to their room, which happens to now be this fancy cabin um, by the edge of the woods. Um, Nancy thanks her, and then Tatiana leaves. And then, but then Nancy like goes and like looks out a window to look at the view um, and sees you know the woods behind them and notices that Tatiana is actually now sneaking out into the woods behind the cabin. Hmm. So of course she follows her. Um, she follows her all the way, winding through the woods until she gets to a clearing, where she notices that Tatiana pauses to like reapply her lipstick. Okay. Hmm. Um. 
But Nancy is too busy, like, watching Tatiana to see what she's doing to notice someone coming up behind her. Uh? And it is Hero. Okay. <laughs> now this whole story comes out and Hero and Tatiana explain that they are like a thing and have been sneaking around together under Becca's nose because they didn't want her to get upset because Becca and Hero used to date. Okay, so that is why everything has been uh-huh. so super awkward between all three of them. Um, Hero has like been trying to avoid Becca. Becca's been trying to avoid Hero. Tatiana's been trying to avoid Becca. But of course, they all work for Becca. Um, and so Becca has to check in with them. And they're trying to be secretive. And also Hero's been trying to find a time to explain it to Becca. Um, because of course, he doesn't want to hurt her feelings or anything. Um, and that is why he showed up at the snack bar the other day. He was trying to talk to Becca alone, but Nancy was there. So wasn't a good time. Yeah. So that's what this whole situation has been about. Okay. Um, so Nancy basically promises not to say anything to Becca so that they can find a time to break the news to her later and go ahead and, and she leaves the woods. Um, then... She finds Tobias with a camera, and he says he's been trying to get pictures of wildlife for Wendy, um, and apparently Wendy promised to, like, pay him if she liked any of the pictures um, that he took, and if she ended up using them on her blog. And Nancy just kind of remarks that this is odd because of Wendy's money problems. Like, why would she offer to pay a child money to take pictures if she could take the pictures, or what's going on here? Um... I thought, well, if, you know, it kind of makes sense if she's going to pay the kid, like, you know, a quarter per picture or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't we don't really know what that's about yet. Or I actually don't know that we ever learned what that's about. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it really is um, just some, you know, change. Right. And that's all. Yeah, and then Nancy's kind of wondering, too, well, like, maybe she has some kind of money-making scheme with photos of Alaskan animals? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, She makes a mental note to ask Alan about it, um, but then she remembered that back on the train, he didn't seem to know too much about Alaskan animals, so maybe he's not the best person to ask about this. And then she's like, but that's so weird that he didn't know about those Alaskan animals isn't this trip the whole basis for her school project and then she even wonders like maybe alan is not who he professes to be and so nancy is now concerned that maybe alan is like pulling some kind of scam on Bess because they only met him a few weeks ago but of course she just kind of shakes her head and she's like no 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 i'm being silly i'm just overreacting um but she does decide to text Ned to have him check up on Alan um, because both Ned and Alan go to the same university. So she's like, okay, well, Ned can look into him and see if he's shady or not, which is excellent. Um, later that night, they're all asleep, and Nancy wakes up at like 2 in the morning and then notices – I don't know how she woke up. I don't know if she heard a noise or something, or I think she had to pee. Yeah. But it was just so random. And then she <laughs> she – Um, she looks out the window again and she notices someone sneaking off into the woods again. Um, but this time it's a hooded figure. Um, so Nancy, of course, decides to follow this strange figure through the middle of the woods. Obviously. What else do you do? In the dark. (laughs) 
<laughs> in Alaska, in the Alaskan wilderness. Mm-hmm. Very wise, very smart, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she follows, she follows this shadowy hooded figure um, through the woods. She like hears the noise of the shadow or the shadow, the person. She hears them like you know walking through the woods. So she follows the noises, but then she wonders, wait, oh my god, what if I'm not actually following the person I saw? But what if I'm hearing like sticks cracking from like uh dangerous wildlife walking around in the woods right like a bear what if there's right. a bear out here or a moose <laughs> and i'm just is. like following it <laughs> um so nancy has that moment but then she decides nah i'm gonna keep going i'm not gonna turn around and go back to my cabin i'm gonna keep following probably the bear in the woods <laughs> <laughs> um but then she hears like a strange noise uh, that's kind of different um, than the ones she heard before, and she and that leads her to another clearing, different clearing than she was in before. Um, and this one has like a, a shack sitting in the middle of it with its door slightly ajar. Um, and Nancy realized that the sound that she had heard was the sound of that metal door opening and like scraping against the ground. Um, she doesn't see anyone. She kind of looks around a little bit. She doesn't see anyone, so she approaches the shed and looks inside, where she finds a heavy musty box that she starts to open um and then suddenly cory <laughs> a shot rings out and a bullet pings against the metal shelves that are just a few inches above her head someone oh is gosh. shooting at nancy drew so we have a gun in this mystery now too oh my god when was the last well i guess girl detective they had the prop guns but when was the last time we had someone shooting at nancy the files right yeah wow 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 (laughs) intense thank god thank the lord i'm just so happy that they brought the drama of the files i know into like a a normal like non uh crazy heightened uh like romance drama nancy drew you know what i mean so good i love it i know um, so yes, the bullet near misses her, and then she is able to haul herself out of there, out of the woods, out of the clearing, um, into the cover of the trees without getting shot, but several more shots do ring out, um, it, clearly someone <sighs> is shooting directly at her, pretty determined to hit her, so she keeps racing through the woods, she makes it right back to the edge of the woods where the cabins are, um, when she quite literally runs into Scott, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe Scott is the one that's been out here because why is he out walking around at 2 Mm -hmm. a.m.? But she, you know, kind of looks at him, looks at his clothes and realizes this is not at all what the person that I saw running off into the woods was wearing. So, you know, probably not. Um, And he explains, you know, I was just in my cabin and I saw you running out into the woods and I realized, you know, she doesn't know her way around here. She doesn't realize all of the dangerous animals that are in the wilderness out here. So um, he decides to go out and try to find her so that he knows that she's safe. Um, but apparently her screams had awoken some other people in the, the camp up as well. And eventually Beth and George and a few other guests um, and the security comes over and Nancy explains to everyone what happened with the gunshot in the box um so the security team and a few other of the men including scott go out to investigate um and bess and nancy go back inside for some tea 
Um, <gasps> the security people return and they explain that they found the shed and they saw the bullet holes, but there was no box inside. Um, in fact, they don't even seem to believe Nancy that there was ever a box there. Um, and they just tell her, you know, maybe it was a hunter that mistook you for an animal out there. You're, they probably thought you were a hare or something. It's fine. Go to bed. Right. <sighs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> So the next day at breakfast, Wendy comes over to talk to Nancy and George. Um, Bess and Alan have gone on a walk, so she comes over to talk to them. Um, at first, Nancy thinks that she's inter she's there to interview her for her blog about last night's events, but it turns out she knows who Nancy is. She says, I figured mm. out who you really are. Um, oh, my God. She Yeah. <laughs> she did this thing where you put someone's name into Google and then read what comes up. <laughs> Um, and Nancy is shocked to find out that <laughs> the results are about her and about the mysteries that she solved and even a video that clearly identifies who she is. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This this book, Nancy Drew Diaries Number Two Strangers on a Train, was published in 2013. Yeah. Not, two, not the year 2000. No, we're still talking about computers like like we did in the Girl Detective series. 2013. 22013. The year of our Lord. George can hack the Google and find the phone number. And and Nancy is surprised to find out that someone can Google her and figure out who she is. Right. right. <laughs> Lord. So. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Um, George starts rolling her eyes, obviously, and Nancy comes to realize that, hey, maybe I'm not as undercover as I thought I was, after all. Um, but anyway, George says that she assumed that Nancy was here investigating the same thing that she was, and Nancy's like, wait, 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 hold on, you're investigating something? And she says, yes, Tobias told me about this, it's the bone smuggling thing. Um, so I just assumed that that's why you were on this ship, is that you were also looking into the bone smuggling thing. Um, and Nancy realizes that, hey, maybe that's actually what is what's going on in the ship. Mm -hmm. Maybe a crew member is is smuggling, the, or is using the crews to smuggle poached animals or their bones back to Vancouver. Um, so a security guard named John comes over to give her an update that the police, um, he just says the police are looking into last night's incident, so don't worry about it. Um, and then Nancy announces to George and Wendy that she thinks she knows how to solve this case. And she says, Wendy, can you look up the phone number on that internet of yours that you know how to use so well? Can you use it to find anyone? And she said, maybe. And she says, well, I need you to look up Fred Smith. So... <laughs> We flash forward Lord. and Scott is being arrested. And this is when we get an explanation from Nancy. She realizes that the security guard's name tag said John. And that was also the name of the busboy who was fired. So that remembers, helps her remember the name John. And that someone um, had threatened him outside the hallway of the, if you don't do this, you'll never make it to Anchorage or whatever the threat was specifically when Nancy was listening in from, mm -hmm. from the kitchen on the ship. Um, so from this, she put together two and two together that John must have seen something that he shouldn't have, something that must have been related to this smuggling operation, and that someone was threatening him to stay quiet. Um, so when Lance, I did it. 
<laughs> yes. I so wanted to all the time because because literally Lacey, Lacey combined with Vince is Lance. <laughs> all the time. So, so their couple name is Lance. Just just it's just hard for my brain. My poor little brain. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so when Vince and Lacey were arrested, security tightened up a little bit and they decided, um, let's just frame John for everything, get him fired, and we'll cover our own tracks. Um, so Nancy decides to call Fred and ask him if he knew who threatened John, and he says he does. It was Scott. Um, so Nancy told the police to search Scott's room, and that's where they found the box from the woods. That box, it was full of animal bones, um, and he was actually who Nancy had followed that night. Scott had had enough time to like put that box in the woods. We learned that he had picked up the box earlier when the guests were all gone on a tour, and he was the one who'd taken it to the woods, and he'd had just enough time to get back to camp, I guess, take his hoodie off, and then make it look like he was running into Nancy going out there to, to look for her. Right. Um, so, Scott, we also... I guess this is one of the people that he was doing the shady deals with in the mm -hmm. first book. He has this contact that was on shore that was buying these bones from him. Um, so whenever the guy went to go get the box from where Scott had left it, he must have been um, the one to shoot at Nancy, that, that contact. So whenever Scott heard the gunshots, that's when he decides, I need to go check on Nancy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Nancy says that he'd also already confessed to being a part of the jewelry theft. Um, so one of his associates was supposed to pick something up from Scott's room on the ship. And then on his way out, saw the jewelry store and said, like, ah, easy target, right? So let me just steal everything. Nancy does uh, promise Wendy that she's going to give her an exclusive interview for her blog. But later, um, they are all in line for the bus they're queuing up for the bus and tatiana comes along and says that scott is agreeing to confess to everything including planting the drugs in john sanchez's locker um and nancy asks hey what about that moose head though there's still so many loose ends like we know <laughs> yeah. scott like Bess and george has already learned that scott couldn't have been the one to leave the threatening note in her suitcase mm -hmm. um there was that glass on her seat on the train. There was a threatening note, the laundry mix-up. Um, whoever it was that pushed her into the water, maybe she just fell. Um, that reservation was also canceled. So, like, what is going on, really? Mm -hmm. And Tatiana's like, I don't know. Um, Scott never even knew that you were investigating him. So there's, there's no, it doesn't make any sense for him to have been threatening you or to have been right. following you or had it out for you at all. So why would he be targeting you? And George is like, you know, maybe it was Tobias after all, just playing pranks, because a lot of those are pretty yeah. minor things, right? technically. But Nancy, she just encourages Nancy to let it, let it go, um, and they're just starting off in the bus. She does get a response, though, from Becca about what the jewelry store guy looked like and realizes that it was one of the guys that she'd seen Scott with, like, trading things off in Ketchikan, so that definitely makes sense. Um, but then Hero comes up and tells her that she better get her text in now because they are going to be losing signal soon because they're going to just be so far out in the wilderness. Um, they spend the next couple hours enjoying the scenery, just... I guess on this bus and Nancy gets a call from Ned. She answers. It's really hard to hear him, I guess, because the, the signal is pretty uh, weak at this point and she can barely hear him say, I looked in that guy, Alan and the call drops. So Ned knows something about Alan that we do not know. And we have no way to get back in contact with him because this the frustrated me is gone so much. I know. It's frustrated me so much because nancy has already had suspicions about alan 
Um, we mm-hmm. know that there are these loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, when she gets this call, she realizes the rest of the mystery has been wrapped up with these loose ends. And now, you know, my suspicions about Alan might be true. She couldn't put two together and be like, hey, Alan had opportunity to mm-hmm. do all of these things. Uh-huh. Um, and then she doesn't even think she doesn't think about that and doesn't even think to warn Bess and George like, hey, something's up with this guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. But that's not even the most frustrating part. That's in the yeah. next chapter. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but okay, so they get off the bus, they take a, a, a break to stop at a picnic spot for some lunch, and Nancy is off on her own, just kind of thinking about all these loose ends. She's still just, she's like, something just doesn't fit. I know there has to be something else. Who could it be? Um, and Alan comes up and he's like, oh my gosh, Nancy, I just saw the cutest little group of baby foxes and their mothers. Come quick, you have to see them. They're adorable. Um, so he and Nancy go over to this outcropping in a valley and he's like, you know what? They're just over on the other side of those rocks. You go over there. I'm going to go get Bess and George so they don't miss out on this as well. And Nancy is like, ah. No suspicion there at all. That sounds great. Let me climb over this cliff and see the baby foxes, right? So she does. And what does she do when she gets down there? She sees a giant moose in her calf staring her down. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ah! Do you want to take okay, the last so, chapter? Sure. <laughs> do you want me to? Um, okay. <laughs> well, I do. I, I do just need to, to preface this because I think not everybody knows this, but moose are super dangerous. Yeah, they're really um, vicious. I don't know that they're vicious so much as they're extremely large. <laughs> Maybe vicious um, and is I think, word. They can be I think, violent well, I think territorial, if they want to. Yes. Territorial okay. and quite, uh, yeah, I don't know that vicious or aggressive, but, but they're large and territorial and if you like walk up on a moose they will like charge you and can mm-hmm. kill you because of how massive they are and just like trample you right um so this is really dangerous and they had actually like talked about this earlier in this book in particular they mentioned like be careful if you see a moose leave the area you know <laughs> um and so that's this is kind of that coming back around to us um but so nancy's like oh crap and then she turns around to try to like leave to go back up the rocky outcropping but she realizes that like she can't it's too steep um but luckily right then alan is there again he's returned and now we can hopefully you know nancy asks him hey you know help me up pull me out of here so that i can get away from this moose quickly and quietly so that it doesn't notice that i'm here um but then instead of reaching his hand down to help pull us up Alan picks up a rock and throws it at the baby moose. What is wrong with this man? Why is he so mean to animals? Um, I mean, probably because he's a sociopath. We'll have to talk well, about that later. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but um, obviously this angers the mother moose. And so she starts, I don't know, seeming angry, I guess. I don't know what a moose looks like when they're angry. Do they stomp say. and paw at the ground like a horse would? Maybe. Yeah. Like they're about <laughs> like to charge. Or something. Yeah. Sure. Um, Nancy's like, what the heck are you doing? Um, and he laughs and says, this should teach you and your father not to meddle in other people's lives. Oh! 
Okay. All right. Okay. <sighs> yes. So we, Nancy now finally puts two and two together. Oh, okay. So you're the one who's been doing all the weird sabotage stuff. Um, and he confesses that, yes, of course, I was the one who put the glass in your seat, left the note in your luggage, all of it. Um, even the small things like canceling your reservation and bumping into George to cause Nancy to knock her bagel on the ground. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. That, made, that will forever make me laugh. Um, <laughs> she was just so upset about it. Um, but he says, and I'm so surprised it took you so long to figure out, but really, he's been trying to kill her mm-hmm. because now he's she's down there trapped with the moose and he's trying to get the moose to, like, mm-hmm. murder her. Yeah. This is murder by moose. Moose as a deadly weapon. Yep. Um, Seems like it. And that's what that moose head thing was about before, too. So really, this is the second time in these two books that a moose has almost killed Nancy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like to point that out. Um, so, yikes, right? Um, but then, luckily, Wendy and Tobias come over and basically save the day. They've heard everything he said, and he takes off and, like, flees. Um, and But they're able to help Nancy back up side of the cliff to safety before the moose charges her um then they quickly alert the bus driver to um you know alan's shenanigans and i guess attempted murder um or murder attempt the murder attempt on nancy not that somebody attempted to murder alan (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um and then they're able to find alan and basically they all just like i guess wait around with him until the police arrive. Um, and he does confess to everything. Um, and he was basically like cursing Nancy and her father the whole time. Apparently we learn that Carson, Nancy's dad was the prosecuting attorney on his father's case. Um, and he, his father ended up getting convicted of fraud and embezzlement. Um, and so he's just held a grudge against the Drew family since then. And I guess, you know, attempted to get into a relationship with best to be near nancy to try to sabotage and or kill her right um yeah and that's pretty much the wrap-up of our story i mean we do have a little bit of a scene at the end where nancy is like hanging out with george at the end george and Bess, and they're kind of talking about like how best didn't even know how, how best was surprised that she you know feels bad because she didn't recognize what Alan was, but like, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. 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 Question. <sighs> yes. <laughs> what law did Alan break? They arrested him so quickly. Cause yes, he says, I've been trying to kill you, but he convinced her to walk in front of a moose <laughs> and pushed her in the water. And then that's caused something. Assault. To to fall, yeah. The pushing is technically assault. I don't know. That I guess the technically, moose... it could be construed as an accident, though, on his part. You know, he could easily say, oh, "Definitely, I'm the he one that saved lawyer. her from the water." You know, yeah, I pulled why her would out. I push her right. Yeah, right. I was the one who pulled her out. Because yeah, no, they're that's like, an, oh, the glass. Yeah, no, the glass. I mean... That's Nancy's word, though. You know, he could say, "Oh, I broke mm-hmm. that," and then she sat down on it. I didn't like stab I, her with a shard of glass right. or whatever, you know. 
That's true. It's also just, to me, they're such, it's so lame. Yeah. Like, if he's really, like, so intensely hates Nancy and her mm-hmm. father, one, why does he go after Nancy? I don't understand why he doesn't go after Carson. He wanted um, Nancy to die so that Carson would feel the hurt of losing someone okay. the way he lost his okay. father. Even though the father's alive, he's just in jail or whatever. But is like what they said. He, he wants Nancy to die, and so he leaves a note to have her butler wake her up at five AM instead of seven thirty. Right. That's not illegal. And it's not illegal to makes, switch the, <laughs> the and laundry to George so that her bagel falls on the ground right. and cancels her room reservation. It's like that's Dude. it. You're going to jail. That was my bagel. You're wanting to kill her? These None of these are attempts. I mean, like, maybe the pushing her into the water, but really it's like, is she going to die? Probably not. She can probably Especially swim. Especially if you're the one that's pulling her out. Well, yes! Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And now I understand the moose thing I totally understand, right? Because yeah. if you're out in the middle of nowhere, nobody's around, and then, you know, Nancy runs into a moose and is tragically killed, and you, you know, happen to witness it, or maybe you're going to say, like, no, I wasn't there, you know, or whatever. Like, right. that is a believable accident, right? And you could yeah. get away with that. But the rest of it is like, yeah. oh, I just realized something. Maybe that's why he was scheduling all the excursions is so that he could try to find a time to arrange an accident for Nancy. I think he hints at that. Yeah. Okay. I didn't pick up on that. He was like, why do you think we went on so many things around town Mm, and I didn't want you to stay on the ship? Yeah. I did not realize that until just now, but that, Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Like the horseback. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. He says about the horseback riding. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you think I wanted to go horseback riding? You know, you could have had a fall off your horse or something, something to that effect. Yeah, okay, yes, 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 yes. But, like, jeez. It's also, like, if you're really wanting to find a time to kill her, but you hate her so much that you just can't resist just messing with her in these ways, it doesn't seem like that's really an ideal thing to do if you're trying to make yourself not look suspicious. You know what I mean? It's like, just wait. Just wait until you have the correct opportunity. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i'm a little annoyed I'm a yeah. little annoyed um, i wanted him to be responsible for more things like i wanted yes, him to be definitely. on this in on the smuggling thing but he was not mm-hmm. i felt like the scott thing was a little bit of a surprise not that i thought scott was completely innocent just i thought that he was not going to have been involved as much as he was yeah absolutely so yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i just it's it is a little bit of a disappointment I, um, yeah, it's just the fact that it is two separate mysteries and the way, I think just the way that, like, Alan behaves and, like, the whole premise of, like, that wrap-up is just, like, really, that's it? He just has a grudge against the Drew family? Like, it's just not that compelling. It's just kind of like, well, this feels a little convenient, you know what I mean? And a little, like, perfunctory, like, not, Mm -hmm. um, just not interesting, you know? And it's also not something that, like, we could have known. I mean, clearly we knew that Alan was up to something. Um, But if we can't, if we don't have the opportunity to figure out his motive, it's kind of like, well, it's not that interesting. Maybe Carson was somehow in the story. Yeah. Or Nancy calls him and says, 
oh, I got a threatening note from this old client that I put away and it's nothing, yeah. but I'm just shaken up about it. Sure. And then yeah. we learned that that was, yeah, something. But no, Carson's <sighs> not even really mentioned until the very end. Where it's yeah. Like, you and your yeah. father. <laughs> okay. <It's> like, what? <laughs> Who? Sure. Who? I mean, it was about time somebody went after Nancy because of Carson. Yeah. But it wasn't set up in a way that you would guess that. You're right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So also, Corey, do you feel like this book was a little bit sexist? A little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, obviously the stuff with Alan was annoying, but I think what irritated me the most when I read this book was after Nancy gets shot at and um, Mm -hmm. all of the men go to investigate the shed and best takes nancy inside for some tea yeah and like i understand that she was just you know just experienced something incredibly traumatic um and that you know in any anyone should probably take you know a moment to recover or whatever but they like specifically called out that all of the men decided to go investigate i'm like that's fucking gross that's gross in what and world also, would Nancy not go with them? Yes, and also <laughs> you're telling me that Nancy Drew, after having been shot at, is not going to go straight back out there yeah. with everybody to see what's going on. Now that mm-hmm. she's had, you know, has some level of safety, and then for the men to come back and be like, "There was no yeah. box, honey. You were just confused. It was just yeah. some hunter out there, and you got in his way." Yeah, and then she doesn't even. The thing is, is that she doesn't. What makes it sexist to me is like, okay. Okay, here's the thing. Sexism is an issue throughout the whole Nancy Drew universe. That's kind of the point, right? Is that Nancy is this female detective and she comes up against sexism. But the only way that Nancy can triumph against sexism is if we call it out, right? And we succeed in the face of it, right? In this book, we don't, (laughs) there is no challenge to that. Nancy doesn't even make any comments about it. She just completely ignores this, like, patronizing energy and, you know, the sidelining of her agency um, and just basically, like, lets people kind of move her around and talk down to her. And it's like, what is this? You know? Right. So that's that really annoyed me. Um, because I feel like even if it was in the original mystery series and this kind of thing happened to Nancy, um, Nancy would just kind of like, you know, give them a smile or whatever. and would go on and continue to do whatever it is that she wanted to do. Um, and that's not what this is. (laughs) So Nancy has to sit down and stay next to Alan on that train. Yeah. When he's like, oh no, no, you need to rest little lady. No, ma'am. No getting up and helping your friends. (gasps) You're too shaken up. You're so fragile. You can't handle some broken glass. Yeah. Now that it's cleaned up, you need to rest and recuperate. (laughs) Lest the hysteria come for you. I mean, I mean. So I didn't... I didn't dig that. I didn't like that vibe of this book. No. And I was also disappointed, yeah, by the ending of it. And it just seemed kind of like, really? Like, this is where we're ending this very yeah. interesting beginning with this conclusion. Although, yeah. 
I will say I was right on two counts. I was right that it was Alan. And I was right that there was two different um, mystery things still going on. So in total, there was three things happening. Yeah. You know, the sabotaging by Vince Lacey um, and Iris. I think Mm -hmm. I remember Iris. And um, the bone smuggling situation. And Alan trying to kill slash sabotage Nancy all the time. So it was three different things, which yeah. is crazy. It's almost True. like you should have made it a trilogy then. Well, should've I think that three. would have been stretching it out too far. Because even this was... Well, they could have added different... They could have made it different. You know yeah, what I mean? So that true. it so that it was structured a little bit better, right? So like this, yeah. the sabotage being by, by Vince and Lacey and Iris being the first... The first book, as it was, which was good. The second part being much more focused on the smuggling and the animals. Because really, too, we didn't... That that did not feel satisfying to me either. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that all of the resolution happens off stage, Which we talked about before. How Nancy just has this idea. And then the next chapter, we immediately jump to the bad guys being busted. You know? Right. It's like, no, I want to see... We didn't see a lot see... of it. Yeah, yeah. I want to see her investigate. It also happened incredibly quickly. Like, just the night before was the incident with the shooting, and then the next morning, she solves it. Right. And it's like, I didn't spend any time investigating that. Nancy could have snuck into Scott's room and, and looked through his stuff herself. And she should have found the box you know? and found the bones. Yeah. She should have found the box and found the bones and then have a moment where she's almost caught. Right. Right? <sighs> And then the next one can be they think they're just enjoying the cruise and then there's still more stuff or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, we can wrap up or whatever. But like And have a real train mystery. Spend more time. Have a real time train, on the train mystery. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So hmm. Wah, wah. Yeah. And we were right about Hero and Becca having a romantic thing. Yeah, we called that was all you. of it. Yeah. Mm, yeah, you yeah. you picked up on that. Hmm. Good work. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, you wanted to talk about the drugs. I did want to talk about the drugs. I just... Okay. Yeah, so I'm happy that they included it because I think that brings a level of realism to the books that we need. And also just like a... Like not putting our fingers in our ears. You know what I mean? And like... Because it's not even so much that it's like realism. It's just like drugs are just a part of the world. You know what I right. mean? And you're going to run into them occasionally. Um, so, like, I, I appreciate that. But I felt like there was a heavy, not heavy, uh, a decent amount of racism yeah. involved um, in the fact that the busboy, you know, Sanchez right. <laughs> is the one getting called out for the drugs. Um, and two, the fact that they keep being like, well, we're just so surprised because he was just such a good kid. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's two things happening here. One of them is that it's racist to pin the drugs on the Hispanic boy. Right. Two, it's like, well, people can be good kids and have issues with drugs and, you know, be taking drugs or selling drugs or, or whatever. Like... That's like a, that's like one of the major tenets of like drug use is it's like right. you won't necessarily know that people are using drugs until you know. You know right. what I mean? 
Right. So <laughs> really uh, value signaling there. Right. For us. Right. Yeah. Like you're a good kid, so you can't possibly be doing drugs because right. drugs are bad and bad people do drugs. Right. Very black and right. white, obviously. Yes. This is a very black and white thing. There's no gray. What are you on? <laughs> I understand that we are, we have to tell children not to do drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand it's a that. Book. <laughs> it is a children's book, but it just seems like we could do that with a little bit more um, uh, less stigmatizing, uh, less stigmatization, a little bit more of a you know complex view um, sure. with a little bit more um, nuance. <laughs> yeah, right for kids, and um, we can explain drugs in a way of like, well, you know. We, you know, we didn't think he would be mixed up with something like that, but I guess we don't know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we could say that. We could say that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, what did you say, Corey? Yeah. No. Agreed. That was... Yeah. So there's a few, there's a few points at which this, at which this book flops, but I think overall... I think the writing's really good in this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the um, dialogue between the characters, I really appreciate. The vibes are okay. <laughs> it's a little scattered, but the vibes yeah. are okay. You know what I mean? Um, I wish it was a little bit more... Yeah, I wish it was more contained. I wish it was on a train. I wish it was on a freaking train. Yeah. <laughs> but But oh well, yeah. I'm just looking for that part with Bess and George talking about snacks. Oh, yes, yes, please. Oh, I was going to bring that up, too. So on the, on the, while you're looking that up, on the note of, like, the racism and the drug use, there is something that Scott says, which now, of course, I realize is because Scott is the one who is trying to pin it on Sanchez. Right. But he says... So Nancy's talking to Scott um, after John's firing, the busboy's firing on the dock, and they're just going to talk to Scott about their excursions. And Nancy's like, oh, you remember, you know, the busboy, you know, he just got fired or whatever. And Scott shrugged. It happens. Just an unfortunate side effect of dealing with a large crew of workers from all different backgrounds. He grimaced um. slightly. Some of them less um, savory than others, like Sanchez, for instance. Okay. Hmm. All so right. we're talking about Sanchez's unsavory background? What the All fuck right. does that mean? Yeah, that's That's a... pretty loaded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And especially when he talks about it in... He couches it in the terms of, like, diversity, right? Because yeah. he says, like... An unfortunate side effect of dealing with a large crew of workers from all different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. You might have okay, to meet so with you're unsavory saying, characters, such as... You're saying because you have people on the cruise who aren't white that you have to deal with drugs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what he's saying. So it sounds like. Uh-huh. Yeah. And obviously Scott's the bad guy, um, but still. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but we don't we don't really know that until the end. And we don't talk about all the ways that Scott is bad, right? We only talk right. about him in relation to the smuggling. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I found the best in George part. Okay, okay, okay. 
it's very very brief i just thought it was interesting because in any other nancy drew novel these um parts would be switched but this is right after the glass thing and bess and george are they've like swapped seats bess and alan were sitting together and george and nancy were sitting together but then nancy comes back from the bathroom or wherever and she finds that george is sitting next to bess um and george says that it's because sorry bess had the better snacks um but then they they do something else and Let's see. Nancy comes back and says, by that time, Hero had stood up and said it was time for our section of the car to head downstairs for lunch. George hopped to her feet immediately. Finally, she exclaimed, I'm starved. Really? Best raised one eyebrow. What? Bess raised one perfectly groomed eyebrow. After eating all my pretzels and my granola bars, George ignored that and stepped into the aisle. Come on, let's get down there. I just thought it was nice change yeah. of pace. We don't need to shame anybody for eating snacks and being hungry no. afterward, but it was nice yeah. that there was not a single instance of that for Bess in either one of mm-hmm. these books. And mm-hmm. we even get her to poke a little bit of fun back at George for once, which was... Yeah, it feels like a little bit of retribution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An <laughs> eye for an eye, George. So. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see in this series how we're trying to kind of shift some of that weight um, and we talk, we talk to George, I don't mean that as a pun, um, oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um how jo- we're trying to frame George as being like this, um, basically like bottomless stomach character. Yeah. Um, we, I think I've seen a, a few other instances of that and Bess talking about how, um, she, um, or no, maybe that was in Girl Detective, how she resents her for being able to eat whatever she wants. I think that was Girl um, Detective. That, that was a Girl right. Detective. Yeah, that's a little too much. Um, but but yeah, so I, I can see how that's kind of been coming, you know? And Bess doesn't make any disparaging remarks about herself Mm-mm. either. It's not like you just said, no. I wish I could eat like yeah. George does. I wish I could do this. I wish I looked like this. It's none of that. It's mm-hmm. just Bess is there and she's she's best she's mm-hmm. wonderful she's and, just best with her yeah. perfectly groomed eyebrows and we're not mean to her at all and it's wonderful no yeah no best would have perfectly groomed eyebrows that's absolutely something she would have in 2013 <laughs> top priority <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh my gosh that was almost 10 years ago Ugh. yeah yeah stab myself in the chest that's about when people started getting really into the big thick eyebrows as opposed to like the thinner ones of the early 2000s I feel like so I guess so that tracks I can't even remember I can't even like I cannot distinguish anything that happened probably prior to like 2000 between 2005 and now yeah it's you know all what I mean been the same. it's all a blur yeah it's all a blur oh my god if you told me that something happened in 2007 happened last year I would believe you yeah <laughs> I would believe that sounds it. right So, yeah, who knows, man? Who knows yeah. when, I, you know, big eyebrows became a thing and we stopped uh, wearing low-rise jeans. I don't know. I can't tell you when that happened. Mm-hmm. I just know that it happened sometime within the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day how long I've had my dog. And I was like, oh, since 2017. So what, like two years? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, I was telling someone how old Spike and Drusilla were the other day, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh no! Oh no!" 
<laughs> counting on fingers, having like a panic attack. They're not old. They're not old. No, they're, they're still kittens. Although I saw the other day on a like a can of cat food or something that um, an elder elderly cat <sighs> no. is like eight years old and up. That's rude. I'm like, that's not true. No, I don't it's not. believe it. I don't. What? I don't accept that. I don't accept it. Mm. I just refuse. I just They're refuse not elderly. that. They're spry young no. kittens. They are absolutely young kittens. They are tiny little baby cats. Yes. Little tiny babies. Yes. And I cradle them in my arms like babies because yes. they're babies. Yes, they are babies. Um, <laughs> Good. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No time, man. Time. Oh. Well, I think that's all my notes for for this one. What else <sighs> you got? Let me see. Oh, okay. Can we talk a little bit about Fred Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Our unionizer. Yeah. So I think that there may be a little bit more going on with our Fred Smith. You think um, so? Okay. A little bit more. First of all, um, the most generic name I've ever heard in my life. Right. When I immediately, when I saw him introduce himself, I immediately went, this is a fake name, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> he gave Nancy a fake name for some reason. Yeah. Um, at that point, I didn't know why. I didn't know what he was doing. But it just seemed like there's no way this guy's name is Fred Smith. Right. Second of all, when Nancy is following him down um, the path, she's she's following him after, I don't I don't remember why, or they're going on like some excursion or something, and she sees him. Uh, to like, the souvenir, sh- souvenir shop, yes. right? Okay, she yeah. follows him where he eventually meets up with um, John Sanchez, and they're talking about, I guess, presumably his firing. Right. Um, and Nancy follows him. He seems to be enacting some forms of counter surveillance um with the stopping unexpectedly and Mm -hmm. you know looking around like he's watching for somebody following him now i know that unionizing is a serious business and is very dangerous and fraught so potentially he's just a pro with that and that's what that has to do with um that he is just being super cautious um as far as that goes, uh, you know, Lord knows how, you know, dangerous that would be. But it just feels like there's maybe more to our Fred Smith character. Um, and I don't know what it is. Um, it, it could it could it could really be that like this is just his thing and he gives a fake name and he um, so that he can continue his work you know, trying to help employees form unions uh, throughout the world without attracting suspicion or whatever. Um, but it could also be, maybe he's doing this for a different reason. Um, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I just find him a little bit more sus um, yeah. than we, uh, not in a bad way, um, but a little bit more um, complicated then we just lay him out to be. But again, I get it's a children's book. Of course, we don't want to go into the seriousness of union building and, <laughs> um, you know, employee rights and stuff like that and the shady uh, business dealings of, you know, big corporations. But, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. I just wanted to call attention to that. I wonder if he'll come back ever or if that's the last we've seen of all Fred Smith. Oh, I hope he comes back. Yeah, that'd be a nice... 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they work him as a work him in as a recurring character, yeah. but they probably could figure it out. Maybe we'll learn more. Nancy but. suddenly sees a Hawaiian shirt in the crowd. <laughs> Who's that? She felt a, a twinge of familiarity, as if she almost recognized a face. Oh well, she continues on. She sees another Hawaiian shirt the next day. <laughs> She'll just be haunted by these Hawaiian shirts everywhere she goes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I don't really have a whole lot else. I just didn't particularly like this one. Yeah. You know? That's I just okay. felt like there was... I, th- I feel like it got too many strikes. You know yeah. what I mean? Fair enough. Like, if it was just one or two of those things that happened, like, it was either, you know, the sexism, yeah. the, you know the the weird stuff with the drugs or the disappointing ending if it was just one of those things it'd be okay but that's three strikes and you got yeah. three strikes with me i don't know i don't know it's definitely not the worst thing i've ever read but it just wasn't yeah didn't really like it no well would you give it what would you give it for the flashlight score <sighs> okay this is so hard <sighs> we talked about this before and how I just have to judge based off all of the things, right? Yeah. I can't. But I don't want to give it four stars. No. Or four flashlights. I don't want to give it four flashlights. I don't feel like it deserves four flashlights, but I also don't feel like it deserves three. I feel like it's way better than some of the things that I've, you know, given three stars previously. Yeah. So I would give it like, a th- I keep saying stars, flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> I would give it 3.75 flashlights. Okay. All right. Does that feel fair? It does, yes. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I think I'm going to do just a three. I think yeah. it, it gets I think it gets most of its points from just being a continuation of, of, a, of a five flashlight book. But, Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing terrible about it. It doesn't deserve less than that by any means, but mm-hmm. eh, it's just meh. It's middle of the road, I feel like. That's okay. Yeah. That's such a fair way to say that is that it gets most of its stars from being a continuation. It's most of its flashlights from being a continuation of a five flashlight book. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because it was set up so well in the first book that we already have mm-hmm. this good foundation that we're starting off from. But it doesn't right. do a lot with right. it from there. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. On to the next. Yes. On to the next, Corey. Do you want and to the tell them one. what our next one is going to be? I do. Uh, so we're going to continue with our Nancy Drew Diaries. And the next one is going to be number four, Once Upon a Thriller. Yes. Um, where Nancy visits a local bookstore um, and one of the best-selling novel. I, 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 let me just read the back of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Dear Diary. All I wanted to do was buy a new book, read and relax. But when Best George and I visited the local bookstore in Avondale, we found <gasps> it in flames. And before we knew it, we were in the middle of another mystery. Or was it the middle of one of the best-selling of one of best-selling author Lacey O'Brien's books? I know it sounds really strange, but it seemed like the mysteries in her books were actually coming alive. First, the fire. Next, a sinking boat, and then a missing statue. Were they innocent coincidences or chilling crimes? And I will say they go to Moon Lake. <gasps> they go to Moon Lake. That's not a huge spoiler because <gasps> that's introduced on like the first page. But yes. Oh my god. Yeah, we're going to Moon Lake, guys. We're going. I love that. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm excited too. Um. Yeah. 
So we will be covering that next. I have not started it yet, but I'm very excited too. Yes. It's a good um, one. Good so yeah. far. Like I said, I'm, I'm only a little bit into okay. it, but okay. it's we'll promising. See. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <gasps> Fingers crossed. Hell yeah. Alrighty, y'all. Join us for that one. We'll see y'all. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, Thanks for listening. listening.